This is Ellie Fisher, podcasting the seventh parak of Sefer Ezra for the OU's Nach Yomi podcast. <coughs> In Parag Zion of Sefer Ezra, we're finally introduced to the eponymous character of the work, Ezra himself. So this happens in the time of our Tachshasta. So remember the chronology is, they first go back during the time of Koresh. Then it skips a couple of kings. To Daryavesh, the Beis Mikdash is completed during the time of Daryavesh. Then Daryavesh's son was Achashverosh. There's one Pasuk that mentions Achashverosh. After Achashverosh you have Artach Shasta. was king of Paras, of, of the Persian Empire, between the years 465 and 423 before the Common Era. Chardorim ha'ilu machus Artach Shasta, Melech Paras, Ezra, Ben Seraya, Ben Azariah, Ben Chilkiah, Ben Shalom, Ben Tzadok, Ben Achituv, Ben Amariah, Ben Azariah, Ben Marios, Ben Zerachia, Ben Uzi, Ben Buki, Ben Avishua, Ben Pinchas, Ben Alazar, Ben Aaron, HaKohen, Harosh. Right, so we're introduced with Pinchas, and it gives uh, uh, it gives his yichus. And I mean, there are certain things you can see right away from his yichus. I mean, he was uh, first of all the name Ezra. You see that two of his ancestors were named Azariah. Right, so it's Ben Sarai Ben Azariah. Um, and then if you go uh, if you go further back in Pasuk Gimel, there's another Azariah, right, which leads many to believe that the name Ezra was a, uh, a Babylonian form of the name Azariah. The name Azariah was very common in that family, um, obviously. Um, beyond that, these, uh, these Kohanim, Chilkiah, Tzadok, Pinchas, Elazar, Aaron, these are all Kohanim Gedolim, very well-known Kohanim. He's from the line of Tzadok, who was, they, they served as the Kohanim Gedolim throughout the first uh, Beit HaMikdash. Um, so he, uh, he he's a serious guy. Um, who Ezra? That's the Ezra Alami Bavel, who came up from Bavel. Who Sofer Meir B'Torah Moshe? He was an expert scribe in the Torah of Moshe. Asher Natan Hashem Elokei Israel, the God, Hashem, God of Israel, gave. V'yitin lo Amelch Kiyat Hashem Elokav Alav Kol Bakashato. And the king gave him everything that he requested according to the hand um, according, to the, according to the hand of, uh, of, of Hashem, his God upon him. Meaning whatever he wanted. Uh, that's what he got. Um, Ezra HaSofer, right? Ezra is known to us as Ezra HaSofer and that comes from this Pasuk, that he was a Sofer Mahir. Uh, what does it mean that he was a scribe? Obviously he, he, he was an expert in the, in the Torah. There are different Ma'amari uh, Chazal that uh, talk about Ezra's, um, Ezra's role as a scribe. There's a, uh, a medrash that talks about um, Ezra finding three Sifrei Torah and basically that you know not all three Sifrei Torah were precisely the same, but he came up with right, he came up with a, a precise edition of the Torah based on the best of the of the three manuscripts that he had, um, and that became the official version. Um, there's another one that talks about Ezra. There's another medrash that talks about Ezra putting dots over certain words in the uh, in the in the Torah. Ulevanenu um, 
Hashem Elokeinu v'haniglos lanu ulevanenu. Right, that the word ulevanenu has dots over it. So the Medrash talks about how um, Ezra put the dots there because he wasn't sure if it should be left in or taken out. So he put the dots on it so that in the future, when Elio and Avi comes and says, what's this doing there? He said, I put dots on it to remind me to take it out. And if he says, you know, oh yeah, good, that's supposed to be there, then I can just take off the dots. Um, <clears throat> in general, Ezra is... Uh, there's, a, there's, there's, there's another... Uh, there's a Tosefta in Sanhedrin which relates to Ezra as being second only to Moshe Rabbeinu as... <coughs> As lawgiver, right? It talks about how if Moshe had not, uh, if, if Moshe, Moshe's generation had not been Zoche to get the Torah, and Ezra would have been the receiver of the Torah, the giver of the Torah. Uh, it talks about how even though it wasn't given by Ezra, the, the Torah wasn't given by Ezra, it was Nishtina al Yado, right? It was changed through Ezra, and that uh, before the time of Ezra, the writing, the script of the Torah was Ktav uh, Ivri, right? It was the ancient Hebraic script that you can see examples of, let's say, in the uh, in the shrine of the book. Um, but uh, afterwards, uh, it became the Ktav Ashurit, the Assyrian script, right? And remember, he's coming from Assyria, and he's coming he's coming from that part of the world. Uh, where that language was used, that was the official script of the Persian Empire, and that became the standard script of the Sefer of, of the Sefer Torah um, that we use until today. The the shapes of the Hebrew letters that we use today uh, originated with uh, in, in that time period. Um, the Gemara, uh, the Tosefta there, and the Gemara in Sanhedrin, in the second parak of Sanhedrin, goes so far as to say, not only did Ezra want to change the script of the Torah. He even wanted to change the language of the Torah. He wanted the Torah to officially be in Aramaic, um, but the people wouldn't stand for it. Um, so you see that uh, you know the, the fact that you know Ad Kach Ezra entertained the idea of putting the Torah in a different language, I and mean, we'll, we'll we'll try to understand through this parak what that means. Um, but uh, you know his role in giving the Torah and making the Torah attainable and accessible to everybody. Um, was really second only to Moshe, and to a degree, in Ezra's time, the Torah takes on a role that it had never taken on before. Perhaps the Torah was supposed to take on this role from the time of Moshe, never really did, but from the time of Ezra, it does. From the time of Ezra, it uh, it does take on this public, uh, equally accessible role. Uh, in fact, uh, Chazal talk about how Ezra was mitakin, uh reading the Torah, uh, you know, on Mondays and Thursdays in public. Again, this notion that Ezra is making the Torah, Ezra is the giver of the Torah, making it public, making it accessible. <coughs> right, so in the seventh year um, of the king Artachshasta, Artaxerxes, uh, they went up from Bavel, <coughs> some of the Bnei Israel, Kohanim, Luvim, singers and the, and the gatekeepers and the, some of the Netinim, right, they were the Givonim from the time of Yehoshua to Yerushalayim. Right, and they got to Yerushalayim in the fifth month, that's the month of Av, in the seventh year of the, of the king. Because on the first day of the first month, right, in the first day of Nisan, who yisud hamaala mi bavel? That's when they began to go up uh, from bavel. That's when they began their trek.
And on the first day of the fifth month, so four months later, that's when they got to Yerushalayim. Right? According to the good hand of, of, of God on him. Because Ezra had set his heart. Lidrosh et Torah Hashem. It's a lidrosh here. It can mean, the word drasha can mean a number of different things. Right? It means, it could mean to teach. It could mean to expound. Right? Interpret. It could mean to seek it out. Right? Um, to investigate. It could be a, a number of different things. Right? We'll use the word to seek out the Torah because it kind of is a catch-all phrase. Um, and to, to do and to teach amongst Israel um, the law. Right? So the purpose of this aliyah, right, whereas the first few aliyot that we saw the first few waves of immigration from Bavel to Israel, it was to build the Beit HaMikdash, it was to reestablish the settlement there. Here, it's, it's, it's around Ezra. Right? This, this Aliyah is Ezra's Aliyah. Right? Ezra's going up, other people go with him, the people that he kind of, gra- you know, kind of uh, encouraged to go along with him, but this is Ezra's Aliyah because Ezra wanted to go, he had this idea of what he wanted to do with the Torah. Um... <clears throat> this what what Ezra does here, and we're gonna we'll read more about it as we go on. Um, it's a continuation of the of a, of a prior trend, right? We had seen in the last pasuk, especially with the last parak, especially with the edict of Daryavesh, that um, Jews were being granted more and more semi-autonomy, right? The Kohanim and Gedolim and the Beit Hamikdash were considered official. It was an official governmental site. They had official governmental roles, right? So now, their law is going to become the official law, right? What was the law in Eretz Yehuda? Well, there either it was a general Persian law, or there was uh, there was um, there was a Jewish law that wasn't applied evenly what there was no official version of it right so now what they're going what what the persian what persia would want to happen and Ezra sees the opportunity here and makes it happen right he sees that you know what i'm going to go i'm going to take the torah and i'm going to say to the king you know what i can go and i can be the judge i can be the the you know i'll i'll go i'll teach the law and that will be the law of the land because the jews do have their own law it's called the torah it was given by moshe um, and this would be very, this would be fine in terms of the kings. Like, okay, you know, you have your semi-autonomy over there. You can go and you can have your law and you can apply your law. In fact, that's what we want you to do. We want you to have, um, we want you to have your own law, and uh, we'll enforce it. Right? You go, you teach it, you appoint judges. We'll back you up. Um, this is the copy of the letter that King Artachshasta gave to Ezra the priest, the scribe, the scribe of the words of the commandments of Hashem, uh, and and his and of his statutes to to Israel. Right, Ezra again, the teacher, the um, the teacher of 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 the law. Artachshasta Melech Malchaya. Right, Artachshasta the king, Li Ezra Kahana. Right. To Ezra the Kohen, right? So it's addressed to Ezra, Safar Data, the scribe of the law, the Allah Shemaya of the of God, Gemir, Uchenet, right, and so forth. 
מניסים תאם, דיכום מתנדב במלכותי מן עם הישראל וכהנוהי ולוויה ולמחתי ירושלם עמך יהך. I have a decree that anybody from Israel, the Kohanim and the Levim of my realm, uh, that, you know, they of their own free will wish to go to Yerushalayim, may go. Kol kvel di min kedam malka v'shivat yatohi shliach levakara al Yehud v'liyushalem v'dat alahach tiviyadach. For you are sent by the king and his seven counselors to inquire concerning Yehuda Right, to, you know, to, to inspect Yehuda and Yerushalayim according to the law of your God which is in your hand. Meaning you can go and see whether or not the Jews are being compliant with the Torah. Right, and carry silver and gold which the king and his counselors have freely given to the God of Israel who, who dwells in Yerushalayim. And also all the silver and gold that you can find in the in the province of Babylonia with the free will with the donations of the people, the Kohanim, that they offer willingly to the house of, of their God in, in Yerushalayim, right? Whatever donations you can scrape up. Kol kavel dina asaparna asparna tikne b'chaspa dina torin dichrin imrin uminchat hon b'neskei hon b'tikrev himo almad b'cha divet elohachem elohachom divirushalem. Therefore, with all diligence, you can buy with that money bulls and rams and lambs and minchot meal offerings and uh, and wine offerings, and you can offer them on the on the altar. Of your God in Yerushalayim. Umadi Allah velachoch yitav b'shar kaspu dava lemebad kiruut alohem tavdun. And whatever you want to do, you and your brothers want to do with the rest of the money, do it. Whatever you know, whatever is the, the whatever your whatever is the will of your God. Umanayadi mityavin lach lefolchan beit alohach hashlem kedam alo Yerushalem. And the vessels that are going to be given to you for the service of the house of your God. Deliver them to God in in Yerushalayim. Ushaar chashchut beit alahach di apelach lemintan tintain min beit ginze malka. Whoever shall be needful for the house, um, whatever more you need for the base amikdash, you should have you, you and that you have um, uh, occasion to. You know, to to, um, to spend, take it from the king's treasure house. Umini ana artachshasta malkasim tein muchol gizbaraya di baavar nahara di kol di yishal enchon Ezra kahana sfar data di alash maya aspar asparna yitaved. Right, and I, King Artachshasta, make a decree to all the treasurers on the in the Trans Euphrates province that whoever that whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the, the of the of the law of the God of Heaven shall require, it shall be done forthwith, immediately. Right, up to a hundred kikarot talents of silver, and a hundred measures of wheat, and a hundred baths of wine, and a hundred baths of oil and salt, without, you know, 
innumerable salt. Whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, it's going to be done exactly for the house of let it be done exactly for the house of, God, of, of, of Hashem. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? I mean, why should God get angry at, at me? I Meaning, this is similar to what we saw with Daryavesh. We also announced that regarding the Kohanim and Levim, the singers, the porters, the the, the, the gatekeepers, the netinim, uh, anybody that's a servant in the house of God, it shall not be lawful, it shall be illegal to impose any kind of taxes and excises and customs on them, right? Different kinds of taxes on them. They're tax exempt. The Ant Ezra, Kechokhmat alahakti vidach manid shafatin vidayanin di levon danin lechol amadi baavar nahara lechol yodeda te lahach vidilo yoda to hold the own. And you, Ezra, the wisdom of the God, of, you know, the, the, according to the wisdom of God that's in your hand, you can appoint magistrates and judges who can judge all the people on the other side of the river, right, in Trans Euphrates. As much as right, and anyone that knows the laws of your God, and if they don't know, teach them. And whoever does not do the law of God and the law of the king. Judgment is going to be executed upon him with all, um, you know, with all, uh, you know, forthwith, right? With all diligence, whether it be to death, or to banishment, or to confiscation of goods, or to imprisonment. Okay, that's the end of the Edict of Artachshasta. A few points about it. Okay, first of all, um... <coughs> Whereas a lot of the rights that were granted in the first two edicts are given, in this case, the, the, they're given to Ezra specifically, right? Meaning in the earlier one, yes, the Kohanim have certain rights. And now it's the Kohanim who Ezra recognizes have certain rights. Um, it reiterates from the first one the right of, you know, the, from the first edict, it, re, it reiterates the right of the Jews to return to Yerushalayim and Yehuda, and the right to bring money, and the temple vessels. Um, there's a reiteration of the carte blanche, right, of the temple's independent, of the Beis HaMikdash's independence, right, that whatever money you need, right, that's, you know, you get it, you get it from the king's treasury, right. Um, Ezra is now, like, the official in charge of the Beis HaMikdash, right, he's the one who's, you know, all the money that's coming to the Beis HaMikdash, goes through Ezra. Ezra is, it's funny, Ezra has this dual role. Right? Later in Bayit Shani, there's going to be a, uh, um, uh, a schism of sorts between the people that were in the Beit HaMikdash, um, the Kohanim Gedolim, um, you know, the Kohanim in general, uh, who are very temple-focused. Let's say, you know, the, the, the Tzedukim in general were very Beit HaMikdash-focused. 
right? And then you had the Rabbanim, like the the Prushim, who were more Torah focused. Um, so here you have Ezra, who actually is both, right? And in truth, he he does come from you know the he is one of the Benet Tzadok, which is from where the Tzadukim got their name. And at the same time, he is Ezra Hasofer, um, so he does fill that dual role. Um, and especially if we uh, take the opinion that Ezra is Malachi, then he's also he's both a Kohen and a Navi. Um, and the Rabbanim saw themselves as the heirs of the Navim. Um and the second, uh, you know, and, and, and if he is Malachi also, then you see that uh, Malachi speaks about how the role of the Kohen is that dual role, right? Uh, you know, Kisifte Kohen Yishmeru Da'at V'Torah Yevakshumi Pihu, that the role of the Kohen is not to minister to God in the Beit HaMikdash only, but the, the role of the Kohen, right, is to... You know, is is to be the the is to provide access to the Torah, right? Torah v'akshumi piu kimalach Hashem tzvakot hu. Here, the Kohanim are considered official government employees, right? This is a logical extension of what Daryavesh had started by saying that you know we're officially funding the uh, you know the, the government is funding the the temple, what goes on in the temple, right? And now it's going further and saying that yeah, it's tax exempt. The, the Kohanim are tax exempt. They're a privileged class. Um, there's actually this is precedent for you know later on in history this, similar things are going to happen. Right? That it often happened that the Kohanim or the or the Rabbanim um, would be tax exempt as official, you know, as official uh, privileged government uh, government ministers. Um, the mo- the biggest chiddush here of the in the in Rishion Artach Shasta is that he gives Ezra, as I alluded to before, he gives Ezra the um, the license to interpret the law of the Jews, to appoint judges, to teach the law, and to have that law enforced. Right? Um, even though the entire document relates to Ezra in some way, and is even addressed to Ezra, the biggest turning point comes here when it says that Ezra has the right to interpret and teach the law. Meaning, the law that's in Ezra's hand is the official law. Meaning, this is an important thing to remember, to, to, to realize about Ezra. We do have faith that the Torah that Ezra brought to them Right? Was the accurate Torah? Was you know? Was uh, was 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 Torah Moshe? Was the um, you know? Obviously, the 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 midrashim say that it wasn't you know that there was some uncertainty whether or not this was exactly the text of the Torah that uh, God had given to uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, you know, but we do have faith that Ezra's version was the best available version. Um, what this parak is saying is that that's kind of beside the point. Right? The reason that Ezra's Torah was accepted, the reason that Ezra's Torah became the official version of the Torah, was because it was backed up by the Persian government. Right? Ezra came and said, this is the Torah, and he started teaching it. And if people say, ah, I had a different minhag, I had a different text... My Torah says that I'm allowed to marry a non-Jewish woman as long as she's not from one of the seven tribes or whatever. Ezra comes along and says, that's too bad. Because my friend, the Persian cop, 
is going to come and arrest you unless you obey the law, the law being the Torah. Um, that's a, it's a huge chiddush. That may, in, in a sense, um, uh, first of all, we see that this doesn't just apply to the Jews that are in Judea. It applies to all of the Jews that are in Avar Nahara, right? That this is, uh, um, you know, and in fact, there are, there's there's uh, documentary evidence. There was a small, there was a Jewish military ga- garrison in, a, in an island, the Nile River, called Yave or Elephantine. Um, and there's uh, there, there was a cache of documents that were that were discovered there, um, you know, where they corresponded with Persian officials, and they had some questions about how to observe Pesach that they had sent to Persia. And Daryavesh referred those questions to Hanani, who's uh, Nehemiah's brother, in Yerushalayim, and he said to him, "Instruct the Jews how to observe uh, how to observe Pesach." Right, so what essentially, what Ezra's doing here, and make no mistake about it, this is a major turning point in the history of Judaism, right, is that he published the Torah. Right? He makes an official version that's accessible to all. And remember, when we're talking about the Persian Empire, the Persian Empire is obsessed with documentation, is obsessed with official versions, is, is obsessed with archives, because they have this massive bureaucracy. Right? In Megillah Sester, everything is written down, and everything is, you know, is translated into however many languages, and it's disseminated in that way. Right? So here, that's happening, but with the Torah. Right? It's a legal revolution, but more importantly than that, it's a it's a religious revolution. The Torah is, becomes public property, like the same way that any law is public property. It's not the provenance of a select few. Obviously, the Torah existed before Ezra came. Right? We saw earlier in the Sefer it's talking about Torah Moshe, and obviously we know that there's that there was uh, you know the Torah predates Ezra, but there was no official version, and there was no official interpretation. And Ezra comes along, and he makes an official version of the Torah, and he makes an official interpretation of the Torah that were enforced and were backed up by the ruling government. Right? It is. It, it's almost impossible to understate the significance of this fact in the history of Judaism. Pasuk Chavzayin. Baruch Hashem Elokei Avoteinu Asher Natan Kazot Belev HaMelech L'Fa'er Et Beit Hashem Asher B'Yerushalayim. Blessed be Hashem, God of our fathers, who has put such a thing as this in the king's heart, to beautify the house of Hashem in Yerushalayim. And he has um, put his mercy on me before the king and his counselors. And all the mighty princes. And I was strengthened by the hand of Hashem, my God, on me, and I gathered amongst uh, the Jews, amongst the Israelites, right, leaders to to make Aliyah with me, right, and then that's going to lead us into the uh, into the next parak, which is another list of people. Uh, and we'll get to that tomorrow.